0: jeremy white podcast tuesdays at 12 p.m eastern 9 a.m pacific available wherever you get your podcasts great
1: all right here we go well we're recording so what's what's going on where do you live by the way are you in california
0: i am i'm in los angeles i live in the valley i love it out here and um i'm in my studio right now see this is my studio i just did a Revamp of it.
1: Oh wow! Okay, so talk so, me talk geez. me through the gear. What kind of guitars you got in there? Well, you got some. Okay, work- well,
0: through. here I have a 1953 gold top. Wow. 1963 Vox, <clears throat> old Mos Mosrite. I'm not sure. I think this is 69 or 70. This is a remake, but it is for uh, Pilo Panagrino. P- Whatever, great precision base.
1: <laughs> yeah, it looks like a precision. We make it like. Well, who's the?
0: Yeah, True Customs redid that, and it's awesome. Nice, but old K base yeah. B fifteen. I mean, I have a yes. lot of stuff, and then I have my, and then this is my control room.
1: Oh wow! Look at that. All kinds of outboard Ooh. gear, analog, analog. I like it. And then
0: my API, mm. love it. Tasty tape machine. My four track right there. Wow. Yeah. So this is where I am all the time. So uh, fact, you, I'm going to stay in here.
1: It's all very vintage. You're, you're kind of like a nostalgic kind of vintage gear kind of woman. I like it.
0: Yeah, I am. I'm a very vintage. You see that board? That is an API 1604. And you know who has the sister to that one? Who? Beck. Um, no way. Beck has it. And, um, and these are my... My prized possessions. These oh, are my wow. six seventy Fairchilds. Wow! And um, you know, and then I'll have a new thing like this virus. You know, it's actually that that keyboard is actually. And then look, my Moog bass pedal down here.
1: Nice, classic. You got the Taurus pedals. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good stuff, man. So I, I mean, listen, you got the tape machines and everything. Are are you? You got to be running Pro Tools somewhere.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. No, I do. Yeah. Here.
1: I didn't see a hey, computer in there.
0: listen, the tape machine, there it is. Oh, yeah, it's
1: okay. It's not on.
0: It's just right. not on.
1: It's tucked away in the there corner.
0: There you go. There it is. <laughs> but um, so, you know, to me, tape machine, Pro Tools, uh, you know, 8-track Tascam, it, it, all it is is a, it's a recording device. But if Wait. you give it good sound, it records good sound. So I think this, you know, yes, is tape, you know, can you hear like different warmth and, you know, uh, different richness. It embraces, you know, a low end that, you mm-hmm. know, Pro Tools doesn't do, but the truth is if just give it nice, rich low end and Pro Tools will record exactly what you give it. So right. I think that's what people need to understand. It's like, At the end of the day, it's just a tape. It's just a recording device and you give it a good sound. You give it a good song too and a good vocal and it's just going to give back to you what you gave it. So, right. Yeah. (laughs) I don't get bent up on vintage, but I, but the outboard gear, guitars, drums, everything vintage on that end, it just is better. It's just hands down way better.
1: Yeah, there's just something about the construction of those instruments and, you know, the way they were put together. I mean, you grab, like you said, what was it, a, 50, a 59 Les Paul? What is 50, that?
0: 53 Les Paul.
1: 53. I mean, you grab that compared to something that they put out this year. I mean, it's night and day. I and mean, especially well, because the wood has aged. It's, it's breathed. It's lived life.
0: And, yes, it's been played. And, you know, you go into Guitar Center and you get a 2021, you know, Les Paul. It's just, it's cheaper. It feels cheaper, you know, mm-hmm. like things were just crafted better. And the fact that, yes, um, with pianos, with amps, like the 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 older the tubes mm-hmm. on an amp, the better the amp sounds. You change those tubes, all get it all of a sudden sounds brighter. Yeah. you know, you have to wear it in again. You have to you got to leave the fucking amp on three nights in a row to get it into some kind of warmth. And then guitars, it's like other people played it. There's soul. There's that. That is a true thing that there is soul that lives in these guitars.
1: No, and it's it. And you you can't really buy that, you know, burnt in kind of thing unless you're buying a piece of gear. Same thing with my amps. It's like, you know, I didn't even know about having to burn in your tubes or those kinds of things. Like I just turn it on. And and then I was talking to a guitar tech. He's like, Oh, did you, you know, leave it on for a couple of days, you know, let the tubes, you know, burn in a little bit. I'm like, what does that even mean? And then right. I did it and it was a completely different sound. I was like, Oh my God, this is what I've been missing.
0: Yeah, exactly. So oh. it's like important. Let me turn my lights. On. Mm-hmm. So it's important to me to, you know, and then like when I work with artists, you know, like when I've worked with Christina or anybody, I'm always telling them what, what microphones I'm, you know, they're singing through. Mm -hmm. Um, I try to tell them, um, you know, oh, this is a great guitar. This little junior is one of my most favorite. And then I had this room here, but I, you know, and then I'll say, listen, you're, you're singing through, you know, and 87 and, you know, that's what that is. And, so like everything is like a little showroom in here. Um, do but certain it's important. Singers,
1: do certain singers come into your studio and, you know, have a request like, Oh, you know, I want I, I want an eighty seven mic or you know, I want um you know, I want a four fourteen or I want the, the Sony there with the big capsule, or do do they come in and say, Where's the C twelve? I sing on a C twelve. <laughs>
0: Um, The only person that has done that was Alicia Keys, and she does sing out of C12. (laughs) (laughs) You know, or actually, she actually, uh, sorry, that's Scratch. She likes Telefunken. So,
1: Um.
0: um, you know, I think that the 251 is her favorite mic. But, you know, yeah, Christina used to say, I used to sing in this microphone that was really long, Mm -hmm. and C12s is what they put those girls on all the time. And so um, I, uh, you know, Introduced her to the U forty seven because to me, the U forty seven embraced the the richness of her voice much better, and um, so then she became a U forty seven girl.
1: Yeah, a lot of people talk about the forty seven, even like the Fet forty seven. People still use it on kick drums. <clears day.
0: throat> oh, I, I I don't use any other microphone besides the Fet forty seven on the on the kick.
1: Yeah, what's uh? I want to talk about this new song. So the letter obviously is coming from the soundtrack. This big movie, well, it's it's a Hulu series or kind of thing. So, I mean, it's first song in 15 years. Was it kind of weird to come back and be Linda Perry again?
0: Um, it's not weird. It's been over 15 years, um, but it's like, you know, I scored the film. It's called Kid 90. It's on Hulu. It's a documentary.
1: Documentary. Um, and Leonardo about... DiCaprio was uh, an executive producer, right?
0: <laughs> yes. And he's in it, a little young Leonardo is in there. Like the film is filled with all these young Hollywood stars before they made it. And, um, and it's all done on camcorder that Soleil Moon Fry, Punky Brewster, um, shot you know during this time of growing up. And that's what makes it so compelling. It's like she had this journalistic point of view so early on, and mm-hmm. now people would consider it an IG story today. Well,
1: she's kind of like the original vlogger in a way.
0: Exactly. She is. And so she documented, you know, years and I mean, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours. And, um, and it's a coming of age story. And so I scored the film. And then at the end of the film, she, um, finds a letter, a 16 year old Soleil wrote to her older self. And in that letter, it's expressing, like, I hope you found love, happiness, you know, friends. And so I wrote the song underneath that, you know, as she's reading the letter. And then I turned it into a full song because it was just an underscore. And then I turned it into a full song. And, you know, in the lyrical content and the way the song is, it needed to be really raw. It needed to be understated. It needed to just support. And emotionally... And lyrically, it's very, um, I relate to it. Mm. And um, so, you know, and I, I just used a different voice, you know, because I normally, I have a very big, robust, you know, very loud voice. And I just kind of took this very vulnerable, more emotional, kind of talking, narrative, you know, perspective, vocally, and um, left the chorus with hmms, because to me, that emotionally said what I needed it I I I, more maybe what I should say I wanted it to feel I didn't want people to hear the chorus and go oh yeah I wanted them to feel what the chorus was and I think the ums really did that you know and I think it's beautiful I love the strings and I just it's just two guitars you know stereo guitars and strings and vocals and that's it
1: yeah, it's very stripped back. And like you said, it's not this big euphoric rock song. It's, it's it's really kind of driving home the plot of the whole thing. And so when you go into write a song like that, I mean, you know, obviously with the letter and everything, do you have to read the letter and try and pull something from that? And then you you go from there and write lyrics to it? Or like, how do, what's the songwriting? Yeah, song? I did. Like,
0: I mean, I did. I, I Well, first of all, I when that scene showed up, I turned off the volume. I didn't wanna hear the dialogue. I just wanted to watch her facial expression, watch the editing and, and discover what the song wanted to be. And then I found the song, then I turned on the dialogue and it fit perfectly. And then, yes, I listened to what she was saying in the letter and there were key things that I wrote down and tied into the song. And um, to, so it was still personalized for Soleil and her journey but also that it stood out and could be relatable to people listening.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, I guess you're just really trying to convey emotion at that point.
0: Yes. Mm. That honestly, that's all I try to do. You know, Jeremy, my whole writing career and the way I approach is I only approach emotionally. Mm. I don't know how to I don't know how to, you know, pick up a guitar and go, okay, I'm going to play a and then I'm going to do a G and then I'm going to do maybe an E. Mi- yeah, I'll do an E minor. And
1: yeah. then I'm
0: going to write about, you know, the beautiful lady playing a tambourine. Like I don't, <laughs> I don't know how to do that. I just pick up the guitar or I go to the piano and I just feel my way through. And then when something comes, I ad lib and then when I record everything um, and I just start ad libbing and just. Trying to understand where I am emotionally. And that's where the songs come from. They come together. The lyric, the melody, and the, the arrangement and um, music all come at the same time.
1: So you're not doing like, you know, the Max Martin melodic math kind of thing. Or, you know, I, I was interviewing Desmond Child not too long ago, and he was saying that he always comes in with a really catchy title. And the song usually starts with the title. Whereas with you, it, it all comes together at the same time.
0: It all comes, yeah. I don't, to me, I just have to. Tr- I mean, I know a lot of people have their formats and the way they work. I mean, I know big producers that, you know, use one template 127. Um, they, f- the format, the pitch, the key, what the lyrical content should be, exactly how they line up the vocals to hit right on, you know, beat. And that's how they have a lot of success. And you could take those songs and put them all together and it'll sound like the exact same song over and over. (laughs) Um, Sound like a loop. You know, exactly. And then, um, yeah, but me not saying my process is my process is my process. And it's the only way I know how to write. I've never come in with a song title, like Get the Party Started, for instance. That was just me dicking around with some. Somebody keeps calling me. Um, oh. sorry about that. Somebody, um, I, I totally forgot to shut off my thingies. Um, s- you know, I just came in and came up with the song, was having fun with all this non organic, non analog, you know, instrumentation, right? So, and, is that
1: the first time you because act- I read somewhere that was the first time you actually got Pro Tools, right?
0: No, I didn't have Pro Tools at the time, I had D88s. Oh, um, um, and I didn't venture into Pro Tools quite yet, but I had these D88s that were like, OK, this is cool. Let me try it out. And then, um, yeah, and then just grabbed a microphone and the words just came out exactly as I'm coming up. You better get this party started. So, you know, I think that um, I, w- I have written my best songs when I operate, you know, from that process when it's organic, it's natural. If I've ever worked with somebody and they wanted to come in with a thought or a lyrical content, I don't do my best. I just
1: don't. Mm. It has to to happen organically.
0: For me, it does.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. I was just playing get the party started last night on the radio. I work on like the biggest hot AC radio station in in Canada, and I was oh. playing get the party started. Literally last night, it was one of my way back Wednesday tracks. And the, the way pr- back Wednesday, I know it's, it's not old. That's what I'm saying. So I was I was listening to it again and just you know listening to the drum beat and like the sound of the drums and the guitars that are you know like the wow wow like what is that what is that sound that's in that. Is is that actually a guitar or was that like programmed?
0: No, no, that's actually a guitar. So what happened was, you know, I I went and bought all this new technology because I wanted to find out what was, because I was just hearing a lot of very clean sounding productions you know, and that, well,
1: the, 90s, that the late 90s was very much like that and until Mot- yeah. Lang came around with Shania and was, said, OK, we're doing big guitars and big drums again. Yeah. Changed everything. So,
0: but exactly. So I was trying to figure out what the hell is that. And somebody said, oh, those are NPCs. It's a Triton keyboard that has all this stuff in it, you know, a Roland expansion, you know, whatever. And I was like, OK. And so I went and got all these things, hooked it all up and, you know, programmed the beat on the NPC. And um, so now, those drum sounds
1: are like the built-in sounds on the MPC.
0: The well, they're manipulated because you know I run them. Um, I run through EQs and I do stuff. right, right on. Yeah. so there's a program. You there, a, at the time that they were discs uh, or a file card. Hmm. So you load in the sounds, and then it's all separated: kick, snare. You, you can have four kicks five kicks, five snares, hi-hats, you know? So I just loaded in the sounds that I liked. And then I ran that through compressors and EQs. And then you just program the beat. So the kick, and then you do the snare. And then, and then that just loops, you know? And then I went and added percussions. So after I looped it all down, and there's no pro tool. So I had to wait, all right, three minutes and 40 <laughs> seconds, I guess I'll just go loop it down for you know that long oh man i didn't because there's no cut and paste for me Mm. so i'm looping this down and then i get the triton and i was looking for a bass in there and i just couldn't find a bass so i just picked up my bass played the bass again all the way down and then then start finding all the like weird little sounds the clavs the this i laid down some percussions some real percussions yeah there's even um, some, like to,
1: horns and like strings like stuff going in there that,
0: that's from the expansion card so then mm-hmm. i went to the Roland expansion card found these horns and i'm just doing whatever sounds right then i took my moog and made some sounds on the moog, So it's a it's a combination of analog and and you know um samples in these keyboards. And then the mm. guitar, I couldn't get the sound I wanted, so I just got my Wawa and my guitar and I just played guitar on it. And then um do you remember think, what amp I mean, it
1: was? Did you have like your Vox Amp mics with a 57 it, it, or like
0: it, it was my Vox Amp because at that time it was the only thing I wanted to do? So it was my it was my uh 53 Gold Top because that, that was my go to. Nice. 53 gold top through my Wawa, um, regular standard crybaby, um, through my Vox. Um, and I just put a 57 through 1176. And, um, and I had an eight, um, uh, uh, Neve 1073, uh, preamp and, um, it went into that. And that was my chain. Then I put some reverb on it. Um, I had my sense because I had my, uh, my H, uh, 5000. Um, and then, um, no, actually I had my, um, my, uh, yeah, I no, don't, it was in and the, and the quadriverb. Oh my God. I got to find my quadriverb. Like, like that was the cheapest reverb, but it was the best reverb. <laughs> and, um, so that's what it was to so the quadriverb. And then, and then I just laid all that down, you know, one by one for three and a half, four minutes, whatever. And then, and then I just went with the vocal and I just grabbed the bullet microphone. You know, that's a, that's a harmonica microphone. Right. Because that was, that's what was sitting there. And I wanted, and I kind of sang, you know, weird, you know, I'm coming up, you know, and then I, then I did it. And I was like. You weren't
1: like sitting there just going like, wow, 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 like you actually had words as you were going with it.
0: Yeah. No, I just, I just made up words on the spot. And then I did that one take all the way through. And then I went back and wrote down everything. I was making it up. I wrote down everything I said, and then I filled in the blanks and then crafted it into something more. But 80% of the lyric just showed up. And all the hooky lines, that just showed up on the fly. And all I knew was when I was like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm just going to say every cliche thing I can think of, you know? And then it was just like you know, I have no idea. And then, um, then I mixed that and then I met pink a week later and I was like, Holy shit. I got this weird, crazy. It's a hit, you know, Mm. song. I played it to her and then she played it to LA Reed, And then they basically said, we have our first single, you know, and then that's how my journey started basically in songwriting and collaborating and producing. I just went right into
1: it. Right. (laughs) <laughs> and that's the best way to ever do it, because it's like, holy shit! You know, <laughs> look at this. Yeah. You know, Th- did you ever did you pitch that song to anybody else, or was like Pink the first one that you know, hook, line, and sink, or You got her.
0: Well, the the second day, I on the second day I wrote it, I did. I pitched it to um, Madonna. Um, I wow. sent it To guy, I sent it to Guy Oseri, and um, and uh, you know, I was like, I you know, and, and we knew each other, and I said, I think this song is a hit. You know, maybe Madonna. And then he came back like a couple of days later and just said, no, not, not for her. And then, um, and then I was, then Pink showed up and then I played it to her. And that was more organically. It wasn't even, I was just like, oh, I wrote this crazy song because she was like, do you have any songs or anything? I'm like, actually, I do have this weird song that would actually probably be fitting for you. And not even really expecting her to come back with, oh my God, I love this song. Cause I just mm. gave her, uh, a cd of it you know and and that was it
1: wow and who would have thought like that would be like the launching pad in a way you know yeah it, did madonna ever like cut a demo vocal or is there like a like a madonna her no, no. doing that anywhere no or? no
0: no they they've they simply passed on the song
1: wow that was dumb <laughs>
0: Madonna she doesn't need those kind of things and, yeah, and you she know was doing a yeah. bunch of
1: cool stuff you know she had like Ray of Light around that time and- oh
0: yeah no that album was such a great album in fact thanks for reminding me of that so I'm doing something on a about my top albums and that definitely like that was a sneaker because um you know I listened to Ray of Light the very first time and I was like Ugh. yeah, it's, you know it didn't it di- I didn't get it like I was actually very disappointed but then oh. I listened to it again, and then I listened to it again. And the more I listened to it, the more brilliant the, the, that album became. It's like, it's actually a really brilliant record.
1: Yeah. You know, uh, that she did. It's very artsy, too. Yeah. Yeah. And know. that
0: was her discovery of going into this definitely more artistic, you know, place, you know. And I wish she would come back a little bit and get back to that area because, yeah. you know, but, um, Anyways, but yeah, so that's how that all started. And then just it all kind of started moving that way.
1: That's awesome. Oh, that's such a cool story. I, I, I learned so much today. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, obviously, what's up? Hit a billion views online, which is pretty nuts. Do you ever think that would happen? I mean, a, a, that's that's a lot of views.
0: Yeah, I mean, no. I mean, you don't know. Like, it's like every, it's so weird, the business right now, because everything is so in your face, but not. Mm -hmm. You know, like I was talking about, like, it's so weird how, you know, you can look on someone's Instagram and see that, you know, somebody has 500 million followers. Really? Do they have 500 million followers? Um, You know, and but then you don't really know how they're doing musically. Mm -hmm. You don't really know how many albums they're really selling. Like, it's a very, numbers are very, it's a very delusion. It's like a magic trick right now. It's all, you know, it's all this like. It's all theater grand, of the mind. It is. And, um, but, you know, in, when I was, you know, in a BAM and, you know, before Instagram and, and, you know, the internet showed up, you know, you'd watch your success on Heat Seekers and Billboard. Yeah. And, and you'd watch your success on MTV. If you were being played on MTV, you were a hit. That was it. Mm. Nobody. If you weren't a hit, you weren't on MTV. But if you were on MTV, and the more you were on it, the bigger of a hit you were. If you were on Heat Seekers and then jumped on the Billboard, you were hit. So I guess all I'm just trying to say is, yes, one billion, woohoo, you know. But that doesn't transfer in dollars to me. No. you know, at all. That's all free, and um, and it is quite an illusion because one might think, oh, a billion uh, you know, views. Oh God, Linda Berry is doing amazing. You know, if somebody streams 2 million streams, they have 2 million streams. That's nothing like, it's not $2 yeah. million, dollars, nor no. or even close to that. It's like more like maybe 20 grand, you know, it's like, but then you don't really know how someone's doing to, in success wise. It's very strange to me. It's like everything's a brand, everything's a name, everything's a number. Yeah. You know, but it's, I don't know, what does it all mean? What does yeah. a one billion views mean? One billion people watched it, you know, but was it one billion? One billion. Or was it 500 million and a lot of people um, um, watched it a few times? Or is it, you know, 200 million? You know, like 1 billion is a lot. Trust me, I know. Not many songs are going to hit that. And mine did. And I'm very, very grateful. And yes, I wrote an awesome song, you know, and I'm so proud of that, you know. But I don't get hung up on numbers. In a long roundabout, I went around the corral rode my horse around like five ten times to get to this point numbers don't mean anything to me yeah
1: and it's interesting you said you know okay billion views whoop-dee-doo i mean it's it is a big thing but you said you know it it doesn't really translate into a monetary kind of thing it's like Mm -hmm. you know even upcoming artists it's like how do how do they get paid now yeah you know
0: it's very difficult breaking new you know i'm a manager too i i have a An artist named Willa Amai, and she's on the Hulu soundtrack and in the movie. Um, She has a song coming out Friday, actually, called Not a Soldier, Mm. and she's 16. She is phenomenal, amazing, but it's fucking hard. It is very hard to break a new artist, you know, coming from nowhere, you know, and... And that's why labels don't sign new artists. They sign TikTok artists right now. They sign influencers because those people have the numbers and they can have an instant fan base that the label doesn't have to put all this mindset into developing an artist. Developing an artist is like a fucking race marathon that doesn't end. Like you're constantly running and running and it's like you're getting tired and you have to conjure up a little bit of more momentum to keep you going. It's fucking hard, you know? So anyways, you know, I think that it, it, you know, yeah. How do you know, how do you, we know artists are breaking. I'm not even sure anymore. I, you know, I can't base it off of Instagram and, you know, but I guess when a TikTok uh influencer is singing it, That means something, I guess, or doing something. But, you know, doing some dance, you know, yeah, it's very strange. It's a very weird time right now.
1: Yeah. Even on the radio, it's like, you know, we're playing so many TikTok songs. and But it's like a flash in the pan. Okay, next week it's gone. Whereas, you know, what's up? Look, a billion views. How many years later? And it's still a massive thing. So that's
0: what that's what I'm going to follow. That never gets old for me. I'm always going to follow my my format. I'm always going to do what I do. And, you know, if a song gets on the radio or becomes a hit, that's a secondary thing. That's a bonus. That's awesome. You know, but I can't come from that perspective. I never did before. So I, I can't start now. And when I have, you know, like tried to write a hit for somebody that came to me and said they want to hit flop, 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 flop. I mean, I have a lot of flops, you know, from trying. Yeah. So I can't do that anymore. That's why scoring right now really works for me because it's all emotional.
1: Yeah. What's the, well, so how do you make that transition to go from writing a song like at the party started to scoring like, you know, did, who, who are your like scoring influences? You, you, you watch Star Wars and hear John Williams like, oh, that's such a great score piece. Or how do you how do you go about doing that?
0: I just, you know, I've always written from that point of view, like everything that I write, there is a visual because I can close my eyes and just feel my way through the song. Um, and I've always I've just always really appreciated soundtracks and scores like I'd always listen past the actor, you know, right. and just listen to what was supporting. I don't know why I just did instinctively It was something very natural. I knew I would be here. You know, this was going to be another chapter. I'm entering another chapter of my career. um, And this is just exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm going to be very successful in it. Watch, you know, because it organically feels right for me. And the transition is super easy because now I just watch somebody. I listen to what's going on. I can feel my way through. And then I create a bed of music that is a support. Not something that stands in the way, not something that gets lost, but something that feels like a low, a low rumble of a bass. Mm. You know, it's not in your face. It's not out there, but you feel it. It's like that low end. That's what I want to create. And I did um, Soleil's show, um, movie. And then I also just scored this other documentary that I'll be letting everybody know about soon. And then I'm branching into all these other projects that are film and TV um, that are all music um, driven. So I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be right now.
1: Yeah. And you just, you seem like you're having an absolute blast doing it too. So.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, I come to my studio every day. You're a guitar player, you said?
1: Yeah, I pretty much play everything.
0: Yeah. Um, but you know how fun that fucking is. I yeah, mean, yeah, I, I, I leave my house. I walk to my studio most of the time because it's like three miles away. Nice. I come in here and I get to play music all day. And then on scoring, the fun part about that, I don't need anybody. Like I'm in here all by myself and I get to do exactly what I want to do. And then I give it to the director. The director gives their input. And then I got, it's a beautiful relationship. And then I get to just experiment on top of that. You know, as much as people think they're left field and they're doing all these really experimental things, they're not, you Mm. know. I was just talking to like a metal um, show and, you know, I'm disappointed in metal. Like what happened to the good fucking metal bands? Like that shit fucking, you know, talking about shredding and ripping your face off like that. But there were still good songs. Mm -hmm. There was still good songs behind the music. And that's where the fuck is the great rock band? Where is this? You know, there's good bands out there. I'm not going to say that, but I'm just missing those iconic, you know, fucking rock songs that why, you know, Jane says, or, or or you know jamie's crying or right you know fucking love drive by scorpions or you know dr feel good <laughs> like there's like these rock songs and and smells like teen spirit and jeremy and you know fucking black hole sun you just know, like there's- on guitar
1: riffs you know like yeah, just- guitar riffs anymore when are we going to yeah, get so, another photograph, <laughs>
0: you know? Yeah, ex- exactly. I mean, fucking Def Leppard wrote so many great fucking rock songs. Bon Jovi, I mean, so many. I mean, and and um so I'm kind of missing that feeling of like, you know, that stadium rock right now. Yeah. So I'm hoping that's going to show up and but you know what it comes down to is, you know, when when bands like that's why I love Neil Young. Mm. Love Neil Young because Neil Young doesn't change for fucking time at all. He stays <laughs> Neil Young all the way through. But then you have like certain iconic bands that are trying to shift through time. And yeah. It's like, no, no, don't eh, go back. Yeah, But don't you, you think that's better. also a part
1: of, you know, kind of um, uh, developing as a as an artist, you know, or um, uh, what's the word? Because, for?
0: No, because it sounds tryhardy. You can tell you mm. can tell you can tell when you hear it when an artist you know that had such a big legacy is trying yeah. to be relevant
1: well look at bon jovi and his basic you know his wedding band at this point yeah <laughs> god he put on an album last year and it was terrible yeah. i'm a big bon jovi fan i was like dude like get richie back in the band and start playing rock songs again that's what i'm like-
0: saying it's like you know like When, when the whole kind of mindless pop started showing up in the mid, you know, 2000s, you know, you know, 2010, all that stuff. Yeah. I kind of, you know, um, I just, when people didn't want deep, I wasn't going to change. I'm deep. I just go deep. It's just my, it's just where I go. I like writing beautiful songs. Yeah. I just do, you know. I get the party started is a random occasion for me. You know, um but I go deep. I love that, you know. And you can look at a song so, like
1: uh you know Christine Aguilera beautiful. It's like that yeah. That's a fucking deep song.
0: Yeah, but when I when people don't want deep, I just go find something else to do. But I'm not going to shift and change out of that's my wheelhouse. I don't know how to write a song for Katy Perry. I just don't. I don't know how to write those kind of songs that are very formula, that has their takeoff, their low point, the takeoff, the, you know, I yeah. just, I'm just not, that's just not my thing. So I just, I always have to wait until it comes back. Everybody always wants deep. Everybody always wants raw. Everybody always wants emotion. It just comes in waves. So you just got to wait for the next wave and, and keep yourself busy m- until then.
1: Even that was profoundly deep jesus <laughs> thank you well i blame i blame rich kids and their parents are buying the macbook pros and the um, <laughs> ruining pop <laughs> anyways well linda perry brand new song the letter's available now as part of the um sole moon fry documentary on hulu kid 90 go pick it up and you're doing the score for it and everything so it's a whole linda perry project yeah. great
0: so the score is coming out soon and um yeah and then you know uh check out my kid um willa I. it's a m a i and her song not a soldier is coming out on friday so um you know so thanks for that support give um giving me the platform to say that because like i said yeah. it's super fucking hard to to um break artists right now
1: i'm gonna check that out. what kind of music is it is it like uh
0: she's like indie pop okay she's great she's 16 um you know brad you want to send it to we'll send it to you we'll send you the video and the song i'd love to Um, get it um she's great like she's got this very people just love her she's 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 got a dark undertone yeah and um but she's as square as they come Mm -hmm. you know and when you see this kid she's 16 she looks like she's just got out of college but she um beautiful voice lyrics are incredible and um she is this song is very very important i believe yeah. and you'll like it I, I believe you'll like it but it's like dark indie pop
1: yeah no i'm stoked to check that out that's kind of interesting i'm I'm all in for it sweet She's very
0: singer songwriter too cool so check it all out All right.
1: well linda it's great to meet you this is awesome today thanks so much thank for
0: you i all appreciate right. it All right, Uh, anything
1: else? I mean weekend. You've said it all, so I guess that's it. I did it all. (laughs) All right. Thanks, thanks. Jeremy. Yep. See you later.
0: The Jeremy White Podcast. Tuesdays at twelve p.m. Eastern, nine AM Pacific. Available wherever you get your podcasts.